0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Globetrotter Lounge, and today we're going to be speaking with Suzanne Lacey, an amazing woman who has created two very interesting and important businesses. One of them is a nonprofit organization that takes people on very meaningful civil rights and human rights educational trips to locations in uh, other parts of the world, but also in our own country. And she also has a business taking people on tours to the U.K., we're going to find out how she's created those businesses and why, and how she now pretty much spends most of her work life traveling. All of this today on this episode of the Globetrotter Lounge. You're listening to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast conversations with women travelers who have found creative ways to travel more for less with your host travel hacker and online course creator Jetset lizette hey everyone this is jet set lizette and before i push play on this episode of the globe trotter lounge podcast i'd like to invite you to download my globe trotter roadmap to free travel It breaks down the steps I've taken to rack up and consistently maintain over a million airline miles and hotel points over the last five years. So far, I've saved almost $90,000 in travel costs, and so can you. You can get it for free at RoadmapToFreeTravel.com. And if you want even more guidance, my online course, Jet Set 101, Becoming a Travel Hacker, teaches you everything you need to know to leverage the incredible travel credit card sign-up bonuses that are out there and start traveling for practically free. Along with video course modules, you also get the tools and resources that I use to successfully travel hack without going into debt or damaging my credit score. And it includes access to me through monthly coaching calls. You can get more information at jetset101course.com. All right, here we are. Welcome to the Globetrotter Lounge, and I'm here today with a good friend of mine, Suzanne Lacey, and I'm really excited to have her in the lounge today because she has figured out a way to live a lifestyle and have a work situation that involves a lot of travel, and it may not have been what she was intending to be traveling more for less, but inadvertently she is traveling quite a bit and not always paying for it out of her own pocket, so I've invited her here to talk about her situation and how she ended up doing what she does. And what she does is a couple different things. Um, one is an organization that takes people to sites of civil rights and human rights issues, historical issues, and, um, shares about what those situations were like and actually bring people to the location where those things happened. The other is, uh, tour guide Downton Abbey, England related piece. So we'll, we'll get in. She'll, she'll fill me in because I'm actually less in the know about that one. So anyway, welcome Suzanne.
1: Well, thank you. I, that was a wonderful introduction and, uh, you did a great job at, uh, explaining what I do. I uh, giving sort of the, um, the, uh, uh, little brief introduction there and um, yes I have uh, I inadvert- inadvertently I figured out how uh, to travel for less um, and I think it's uh, because I run two different organizations one of them is a nonprofit and the other one is a for-profit and so um, those both um, entail two very different types of travel yes.
0: Yeah, well, and I can't wait to hear about them. And before we launch into the nitty gritty of, you know, what those businesses are, um, organization and business, let's go back in time a little bit and start with uh, even like your childhood or your teen years. I always like to start there because it's like, how did this even start? Like, have you always liked to travel? What was your upbringing like? You know, that's a, it's an excellent question. And
1: um I, you know, I had no choice. My father was in the military. And so, um, you know, I grew up and we moved just about every three years or so. And so you had to travel and everyone around you was traveling if you lived in an army base. And so my you know, my initial experience into traveling was just, it was a way of life. Um, and even now, like, I, I know there are people that don't travel that much. And, and it, I, I sort of don't understand it because just because it is my, um, you know, it's just been my experience my entire life. I'm middle-aged now. And so, you know, ever since I was born, it's all it's all about like, you know, if we if we moved somewhere interesting, like we were stationed in Hawaii for three and a half years, and we went to all of the islands, mm-hmm. we went to the beach a lot. We you know we explored Hawaii. Or um, when we were stationed in Germany, um, one of the first things my father did when we arrived in Germany, I was a teenager at that point, is that uh, like he went down to the local travel office and um, American Express and other travel agencies had. Um, had packages for military families. Mm. You know, you can go away for the weekend and he booked a uh, a package for the whole family to go to Paris. Wow. That's pretty exciting as yeah. a as a 17 year old, you know. Yeah. So I just I I travel travel has always been a part of my DNA.
0: Awesome. awesome. Makes sense um that it just would feel like I love how you said how would people not want to travel, you know? Correct. Yes. (laughs) I relate to that. Um, okay. So, so you were traveling, you were moving a lot. Um, and then you ended up, you talked about being 17 and going to Paris. What happened after that, you know, phase as you became a young adult, Mm -hmm. what were you doing? What were you studying? Um, what happened next? Well, you know, I wish I
1: could say that at that point I was like, wow, I've traveled to Paris and now I want to travel to all these other places. But that was not the case. Okay. <laughs> um, I, you know, then I went to, I went to college and, you know, I, I, we were, I was 17. We were in Paris. You know, my mom and I went to Switzerland. We went, you know, we went to all these things, all these, wonderful places that we traveled. Um, and then I went to college and and that's where I wanted to be with my friends in Mm -hmm. Kansas. And, uh, my father had made me an offer. He said, you know, if you stay here, if you just, you know, defer school for a while, I'll give you a Euro pass and you, you can work here and live here and then you can travel all over Europe. And in hindsight, looking back, I should have said, wow, dad, that's a great idea. Um, But I wanted to be with my friend at the University of Kansas. So uh, that was a no. (laughs) Um, But ironically, so years later, um, I did get, you know, bit by that bug. And Mm. I did realize that, like, wow, you can take a train and go to all these different places. I mean, I did. um, as As a young adult, I... Um, you know, we had Ural passes and I traveled with friends and, and at the time I was like, oh man, I should have done this when I was, you know, when I was right, when I was already right out of high school, but I don't think I would have appreciated it because right. I wouldn't have, I would have felt like, oh, um, my father is making me do this right. a- instead of, you know, loving it.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. So, so instead you went to college and what did you study there?
1: Journalism. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was a journalism major and, um, I went to college for a while and then I wasn't having a great experience. So I took a couple of years off and then, um, did move home. And then, uh, it only took hmm, just a few months of living at home before I realized that, yes, in fact, I did want to be in college. <laughs> and yep. so, um, I, uh, I started traveling and, you know, it was when I went to Northern Arizona university, that's where I, I finished my education and, um, At NAU, I, you know, did the speech and debate team and we traveled probably once a month, at least maybe twice. We would Hmm. get in the van and sometimes we would, you know, drive overnight to Colorado for speech tournaments. Um, and so that was always fun. So it was like a road trip Hmm. every, you know, every week or so. And there was a season where we did that. And then I worked for uh, an NPR station there, KNAU, and I ended up, um, by my my father pitched me a story about uh, the thirtieth uh, anniversary of the Freedom Riders, and I ended up in Mississippi, and I heard all these amazing stories mm. from these people that lived through the Civil Rights Movement, and I thought, wow, this is how history should be taught. And so then then I was inspired to tell those stories, and so my initial travel that I was doing with my nonprofit museum without walls involved uh traveling to hear these stories based on racism and intolerance. Mm-hmm. And so that that became road trips with teenagers um and you know other adults and community people on these civil rights trips. Um and you know so that sort of got me started in the okay so when you travel you can travel with with meaning. Mm-hmm. And so that's that that was the thing that got me.
0: Okay, really hooked, and when did that happen?
1: Um, I would say uh, well I, I I knew right away, like I was in this field with these freedom writers and we were looking at the Mississippi State prison, and they were talking about their time there, and it it was the most powerful thing mm-hmm. um, I ever heard. Uh, I'd ever heard. And, uh, you know, up until then, my whole life had been about being a broadcaster. Okay, I was working at an NPR station. I was sports anchor, um, the local uh, uh, student-run television state. I mean, I, like, everything I had done to that moment was, I was going to be on TV. Okay. Like, that is what was going to happen. And then that moment I heard those stories, in this location and that was all gone. It's like no, this is the thing you should be doing. And so even though I knew that and it was sort of a nugget, I didn't start it right away. I just okay. it was just one of those like, oh yeah, I really want to do this and it was just it, it was just something that was inside of me. And then I moved to Seattle, but even when I moved to Seattle and I was working for King and Northwest Cable News, I was still. I still knew that that is what I wanted to do. And then one day I was like, "Yep, this is the time." This is <laughs> the time, I got up and I gave my two weeks' notice, and I just began a life where um, I would put together these trips for um, churches and teenagers—not um, just civil rights history, but uh, local history, mm-hmm. and then also abroad, um, looking at Holocaust
0: education. And so it just. Began it from grew there. from there. So mm-hmm. what year would you say you started museum? Oh, yeah. So
1: I've been doing Museum Without Walls about 17 years. Wow. So I, I the, the, the way I remember it is because we um, – it was 2001, May 2001, we did our very first – um European, like uh, we worked with Seattle Pacific University and we did uh, Munich. So we went to Dachau and we had survivors come at, to Dachau to, to speak with the students. And then in that, that September was September 11th and we were, mm-hmm. we had a program, um, like just a couple of weeks after nine uh, eleven happened. So I, I'll never forget when I started it because it was such a, yeah. you know, and the students that we were meeting when we did the we, – we were in Berlin, and they were over there, nine eleven happened, and so we made the decision, of course, to still go. Mm-hmm. And these students, these college students were – so they're in this country. They don't have a television. The only way they heard any of the reports um, – um, was through radio, mm-hmm. and so you look about how things have changed now. Yeah, where you would he- you'd hear about that on Twitter, right? You would see that on Facebook. Yeah. Like there, uh, you know, they had to go to the embassy to to listen to um, AFN to to hear what was going on. So, uh, you know, s- seeing how things have
0: done—that's oh, another. Yeah, <laughs> how things a whole changed. other situation. Yes. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So it's been a long time. I didn't realize it had a while. been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously, like you just said, that was, it wasn't so much about travel per se. You weren't like, Oh, I'm going to travel a lot. And this is how I'm going to do it. Right. It was more like, wait a minute, this is my calling. I want to help educate people about important things on site. And, um, Travel with meaning, you know, but the meat, but the meaning is what was driving the travel. Exactly.
1: And, and there's something, there's something about, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, you're familiar with this. When you leave your house, when you get on an airplane, when you travel, you are able to sort of leave behind a lot of the trappings of your everyday life and you are open in a way Mm -hmm. that. Um, you may not be if you were sitting in your living room. Yep. And so, you know, when you have sort of travel with meaning or travel with purpose, then you go and you learn and you uh, can be transformed. And so that was, you know, that was right. the idea. And, but also to do it in a way that people could afford it. Right. And, and that's what's, okay. you know, really near your yeah.
0: heart. So, how does that work? I mean, you know, <clears throat> we'll spend a little time on this because you have this whole other business too, but how does that work? People who want to go with you, um, whether it's teenager, it sounds like teenagers, a lot of times it's youth, adults, I'm assuming mm-hmm. as teachers, well. A lot teachers, of teachers. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does that work?
1: Well, with museum without walls, we, you know, as um, we will work with local groups. So right now we're doing um, a civil rights trip um, this coming summer. And we're, uh, we're pulling people from three different church congregations. So, you know, we go and we we talk about it, and um, well, I go and <laughs> I talk about it. And then people who are who feel called sign up. You mm-hmm. know, I'll, I get a lot of questions, well, how do you get people on your tours? And it's yeah. like, you know, you're y- you will hear what's happening and if it strikes you as something you have to do, yep. you will do it. Yep. And um, I will try to make sure
0: that happens for you. So the funding, if they can't afford it, could it is it like sometimes the church is helping? Sometimes, yes. So, uh, so definitely, two of
1: the three churches that were um, that we're working with this summer have scholarships. So they okay. will give about a third of what the cost is. So nice. that's you know that's a nice chunk of money, yeah. and it's very helpful. Right. And you know, if you're planning and saving, and it's it's generally something that you know, you can, you can afford, but you know, in the case of students right. or teachers, yeah. and especially when you're looking at international trips, that's where you've got to get really creative mm-hmm. and that's where your travel skills come into place. And so I would, I will definitely say that the person I am in booking those programs and that travel now is not who I was when I started Mm -hmm. because I like, it's been a lot of years and it's like, you've, you figure out some tricks and, oh, we can do this. And okay. So food costs a lot. So this is how we're going to come over, you know, figure out the food thing. And, um, we'll stay places that have refrigerators Mm -hmm. and, you know, we'll make lunches and, you know, that will make, you know, make this affordable for people. Right. Okay.
0: And this business, this, this non-profit, you turn, it became a nonprofit. Do mm-hmm. You get outside funders who uh, donate. We or get, don- yes, we yes. definitely get
1: okay. people who donate, people yeah. who will sponsor. It's, yeah. you know, I'm, I, you know, I will say that I'm, I, one of the parts of my job that I really, really um, don't enjoy is asking for donations. <laughs> I, I, I don't right. like it, but. If I'm asking, I can ask for a child in a heartbeat. Sure. If I have students that would like to like to go on a once in a, especially you know, uh, you know, teens of color. Yeah. Like, oh, you've you've never been abroad before. You're very interested in the Holocaust, and you want to go on this trip to France. Okay, how can we make that work? Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that sort of thing really drives me because sure. it's it's being able to give students an experience that they would normally not get
0: and, um, make to make that affordable for everyone. Right. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I've seen, uh, descriptions of your trips of the trips that have happened in the past and they all seem really powerful. And of course I'll have a link to the site included with this podcast post uh, so people can check out the kinds of trips that um, you have done and so powerful that you can bring youth and especially youth who haven't always had the opportunity to travel. Um, And then they get to travel with meaning and learn and see things. They may not have, you know, even see things, hear about things they haven't really been able to think about or, and, uh, and experience some of that. So, yes, I'm
1: glad. So we had a program, um, for many years called the multicultural scholars program. And we would take kids from, um, a suburban high school, um, usually uh, Mercer Island High School and mm-hmm. then an inner city high school like Franklin or Rainier Beach. And um, and as you know, those are two
0: very different yes.
1: schools.
0: Yes, Mercer Island is very privileged just <laughs> yeah. for people who don't know what the Mercer Island It's school a very,
1: is. you know, and then you'd have an inner city school. So they would do these civil rights histories to, trips together. They would have classes for about a month. And then they would, um, we'd fly them down there and then we'd, you know, get in vans and we'd do this like 10 day civil rights history trip. And um, so that was not only a learning experience. And I will say, well, we had had students um, from Mercer Island in particular that had been to China but had never been to the South. Hmm. So... Like that's like in some ways that's like going to an entirely different cu- country because yeah. it's the culture is very different. When we were traveling as a group, this like very diverse, integrated group of teenagers, we got a lot of looks and mm-hmm. – um, so just that whole experience of being down south and then being in a in an integrated group and hearing this history and traveling from place to place some you know some kids had never been on an airplane and mm-hmm. some had never stayed in a hotel and um and some had and that was like that was their experience of their life and so putting
0: these two types of
1: teenagers together just you know that's
0: yeah wow it's fantastic yep and I'm assuming you've had some some stories from these trips, maybe travel blogs and things that people could check out. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we have them
1: connect there on uh, the Museum Without Walls website. Okay. We definitely have that.
0: Great. And pictures. Because there's so much we could we could explore about that. But I just think it's phenomenal. And I love that not only are we, you know, we're talking about, yes, you've gotten to travel quite a bit, I would imagine, over the last 17 years and probably to some repeat places. But yes. But I'm assuming, you know, You acquire, just to talk about miles and points for a second, because I love those. Yes, yes. Because you work and you travel for work, you acquire miles and points. Absolutely. And so now Mm -hmm. you would have the flexibility to travel other places if you wanted to on your own. I don't know how much time you have to go on fun vacations. Yes, I don't want to.
1: That's the thing I will say i had a I had a big birthday a couple of years ago, and I went to Mexico, and um two of my best girlfriends came with me, and it was a vacation. Mm. And I didn't realize until I was there, and all we did was eat and read and lay in the sun. and I was like, "Oh, this is a vacation.
0: <laughs> I see right. Ha, huh. right. So you're not traveling in the way that I'm kind of traveling, which is like, I'm trying to, you know, work, 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 and then I go off and take vacations. You're traveling for work. And that is a different experience. Right, right. Um, And I, you know, for a long time, I got into the miles and points thing because people like you, I was envious of people like you who were racking up miles and points through work. Mm -hmm. uh, And I found a different way to rack up miles and points. But now I'm also coming to understand that that doesn't mean you are doing the kind of travel I'm dreaming of. And I don't know how much you dream yeah. of other kinds of travel. I don't. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I would,
1: I would say, you know, I, I've sort of come to this pl- place where, um, I'm very, very fortunate. And I've seen like, I, I don't know if I really have a bucket list of places that I want to go because, for instance, if I, if I want to go to Wimbledon, then I'll, I'll look at and I'll see what trips we've got coming up. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I can do this one in July, which is around Wimbledon. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I can take yeah. the train out there. So <laughs> yeah. I, I've sort of arranged my life to experience the things that I want to experience right. um, around, you know, my career.
0: Yeah. And you are traveling. I mean, even though you are working while you're traveling, you are uh-huh. seeing places and experiencing things that the rest of us who maybe don't travel at all. You know, we're not seeing those. Things. But it's different. It's but it is definitely different. a different yeah. type of travel. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk maybe more about your other business now. Uh, tell me about that one.
1: So Sterling, Sterling. Silver Tours is a it's a for profit company, which means it's a business like you know everybody else has, but. Um, With uh, Sterling Silver Tours. Well, I'll tell you how it got started. So uh, there was a show. Well, everyone knows the show Downton Abbey. (laughs) So that was on PBS. I'm a fan. Yes. It's (laughs) wonderful. It's wonderful. So I was watching that and, and I was thinking, you know... Like, this really lends itself to travel and to stories. And this is where being a – well, Museum Without Walls and this, it, where being a journalist sort of comes into play because you're able to sort of craft a storyline. Mm. And so I was like, wow, well, just like we do with, you know, our other stories for Museum Without Walls, I can, I can create a narrative for a week in London and sell that. Hmm. And so I got this idea, and then I sort of had my friends around me who were, you know, help me, and they were my think tank, and I would throw out ideas, and they would say, oh, that's great, or, you know, what about this? And so I created this uh, week-long Downton Abbey trip that I did. And, of course, you always think, well, this is such a great idea. Everyone will want to do it. Right. And, you know, that is not the case. (laughs) You know, I have a great idea. I'm just going to put it on the Internet and people are going to flood to take my trip. Mm -hmm. And that is not what happened. Okay. uh, At all. (laughs) So, but what did happen was I um, was contacted by – two things happened. One is a PBS station Hmm. in Texas contacted me and said, we would like to buy two of your trips. Oh, well, how did you find out about us? And uh, apparently uh, – one of my friends had a friend who was a PR person and she actually did an email blast uh to some of her travel people and it ended up in the hands of this PBS station and they're like, we wanna, you know, raffle it off. And so they uh they raffled it off hmm. um and they sold a hundred Well, they were selling tickets for $100. They sold about a thousand tickets. Wow. And so they made $100,000. Wow. And so I got a lot of calls from PBS stations. Yes. Um, and so I just, I started, you know, um, started working and some stations wanted to do like trips for their members. Wow. And then others wanted to do, just wanted to buy and do the raffle. And so for a while we were doing sort of a little bit of everything. But then Downton Abbey went off the air. Yep. Um, it's still on, but it's yeah. not yeah. what it, you know, what right. the popularity is, not what it was. So, you know, and it was going off the air and I was like, what, what are we going to do? And I was out with a friend and I was walking and I was talking it through. It's like, Oh, just how do we package it with like other English TV shows that people love? And so like on a walk with a friend, it came to me and I'm like, Oh, we should do this and we'll call it the Queens tour. And so, you know, now we've got Poldark and we've got Doc Martin and, um, down the Abbey, and we end up going to Cornwall, which is a place where people don't generally go on their own. Hmm. And the PB, the stations that we've done this with have just loved it. It's it's a it's a trip of a lifetime, and so being able to put that together for a really good price, great. So the stations make so we give them a net rate, and then they add on to it. So it's a fundraiser
0: for them. That's too. so great. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I want to go on one. Um. <laughs> Any time, <laughs> okay, um, but yeah i I love that, I love how it all came together with PBS, and that's a fantastic um, kind of example of just having an idea, trying it, you never know what'll what'll come, you know you didn't plan it that way you weren't like i'm going to go after PBS and see if they'll no, do, this, this, you thought, you know, that. ever no. 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 And there was, and there was a lot, you know, there's a lot of stress in there when you're like, I have
1: this thing and I want to do it and nobody wants it. And then one day you get a phone call and someone's like, Hey, we want to do this. Yeah, And,
0: And I'm assuming there is this fun, even though we were saying, yeah, you travel for work, it's work. I'm assuming you mentioned Wimbledon. Um, there is some fun for you. I mean, I'm assuming you liked the show, for oh, example. Oh, well, and, well, you know, this is yes. might, that there's some piece of this that is like, you no, know, this is like the fun thing.
1: Well, the Sterling Silver Tours, that is the fun trip. Okay. That's the fun <laughs> thing that we do. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah, that's a blast. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, we go to Buckingham Palace yeah. and we go to like this year we're going to Kensington Palace mm-hmm. and that we're getting a private tour of um, Princess Diana's dresses. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, so it's you know you know so being able to put something like how do i put this together yeah so it's like a so it's a dream vacation for you know someone who mm-hmm. would want to take it and and there's such joy in that for me like when i see people who are like i i never thought i would be here and and i never thought i would experience this right. and thank you so much and
0: Like that, that's just the best. That's awesome. I can see a collaboration here. Jet set (laughs) Lazette, uh sort of some kind of we do a special trip for my students, or you know, we have all these miles and we're gonna has the wheels turning. (laughs) Wheels are always turning. But no, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, okay, so you've done you have these two different, you know, work. One's your business, the other one's a nonprofit, different focus. Um let me ask a couple things. One is how have these changed you? These, these travel related jobs and living a life that does include a lot of travel. How has that changed your, maybe changed you internally? I mean, obviously you're busy, you're flying around. I can see that, mm-hmm. but what's gone on for you in, in terms? Well, of- I,
1: I, I will definitely say that, um, I ha it's, it's, affected my personality in, in some ways in that I would always, I always considered myself to be, um, you know, a forward, you know, fairly forward person, but uh, in a very subtle way. And um, I definitely have my, my father's personality, which is like much more gentle. And, um, but I find that having worked in travel and with groups and so forth, that I, I have a little bit of a temper. <laughs> um, and I mean, I never yell, but, you know, things are supposed to be a certain way. And I, I, you know, I find that that sort of has bled into my life mm. where when appointments don't happen when they're supposed to, mm. you know, I say, Hey, that's not right. Mm. Um, whereas before I may have, you know, 20 years ago, I may have been like, okay, well, I know they didn't mean it. So, right. you know, <laughs> so I've definitely like, and, and I, I have become a much more assertive person. Assertive, yeah. Um, because you have to be. Like, mm-hmm. when, you know, there are things that happen on the road where, you know, you could be stuck if you don't figure it out. And um, someone's got to make the decision. Yep. And that someone is you.
0: Yep. So You're responsible for this. You're not just traveling on your, it's own. On so your own. It's not just on your own. You've gotta, you you know, got people. When you the bus people. doesn't show up yep. at the airport to take people to the hotel, and you've got, you know, 20 people waiting, you mm-hmm. got to figure that out. I just had an idea for another business, if you ever want to do another one, uh, <laughs> teaching people how to do that kind of thing. Right. How do you organize tours and, how you know, you make it work for traveling with a bunch of people? Because I would be curious to know that, um, you know. But anyway, I can imagine that you had to become a more assertive person and right. just be on point. And you probably, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm guessing, also have to be a good organizer. You, you <laughs> become
1: a better organizer. Yeah. And, and you become sort of, you know, we're talking about travel here. You become um very skillful at finding sort of like the best the best option yep. you know the best okay so i want to stay in in a hotel i want it to be a nice hotel but we can't go above this amount of money and i'm not mm-hmm. seeing it anywhere else so what are my what are my options to find this hotel or one like it in my budget like what are the like online yeah sort of you know um resources to go to Do you have any you want to throw out? Well, I, you know, I (laughs) I will say – I say this all the time that it is – like I find it easier to find a decently priced four-star hotel in London, England than in New York City. Okay. New York City is very, very hard to find something that's affordable. It's just – New York City is really hard. Um, How do
0: you look for things? What what res- what are your favorite? I mean if even if just a couple. Favorite Yeah. Well, I go to, to I, do, I
1: definitely go to booking.com, but the the resource that I use the most is I use Priceline. Okay. Um and they have this thing called Express Deals. Hmm. And so you go in to you know, hotels and you plug in your dates and then it gives you a bunch of hotels and it says, "Oh, and here's some express deals." So you go in there, you go in that tab and then there will be um Hotels in certain areas, mm-hmm. and then it'll say whether what kind of star it is and then how much it is. And you know, I'm pretty good if it says Kensington, which is my favorite area to stay in in London, Kensington, uh, a hundred dollars, four star. I'm good with that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to know, you know, what the hotel is. Yep, don't need to know because yep. I, because I know, you know, I know that it's going to be. In this particular area that I know really well, I mean, there's uh, there's a couple of times where I've I've sort of done that for business, like for groups, and mm-hmm. it's it's turned out okay. But I don't do that anymore because okay. <laughs> it's too you know it's too big of a risk. Okay. Um, but uh, for myself, uh, definitely, you know, and then you. You know, you you buy it, and you're like, oh, okay, so it's the, you know, Crown Plaza Kensington. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, mm-hmm. that's a wonderful hotel, yeah. And I know exactly where that is, and okay. and I got, a, I have a great hotel for this amount of money. And the thing with with Priceline, what they'll do is if you if you buy hotels like. You know, maybe two or three. Then they'll start sending you coupons for ten percent off, okay, or fifteen percent off. Okay, you know, and then you can save that and you can use that on your next trip. Great, to take ten percent off. And you, you know, what I do is I save that for, you know, some place where I'm going to be for several days, mm-hmm. and then I will use that. And you can use it with Express Deals, and it just, you know, suddenly you're. Staying at, uh, this wonderful, maybe five star hotel. If you've decided to do that mm-hmm. and you've paid like $150 a night. Great. Minus, you know, the 10%. Sure. And it's
0: just. That's know. great. Good tip. Good little travel hack. Yes. Tip. There you go. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you probably, you know, have a few of those. Um, and then I'm assuming airline, uh, flights, you're probably doing group rates. Right. I
1: do group, definitely do group rates. Yeah. And those are, you know, Especially with overseas, like with sterling silver, sometimes I'll give, you know, the client a group rate and then I'll hear from people. Oh, well, I went online and it was less money. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, you should okay. book that if yeah. you went online and it's less right. money. Cause group fares are not necessarily the best
0: deal. Cheaper right. fares. Yeah. What it does is like it locks in a price okay. for you. Okay. So. Uh, when you look for flights, maybe for yourself or for, you know, is there any particular way that you do that? I'm sure there's many things that go on with that. Yeah. The first thing any thing tips do, yes. for, for
1: people? I would say, um, the first thing I do is I go to Google and I just, I'll put like the airport codes in and then Google will pop up and, and that gives me an idea as to how much it is. Mm-hmm. But I fly Delta. Okay. So what, you know, the thing that I, that I really feel strongly about is that you pick an, uh, airport you pick an alliance, an airline mm-hmm. alliance. Mm-hmm. And I I've flown American for several years and then I flew um, United for a couple. And now I'm flying Delta because they have a great presence here mm-hmm. in, um, in Seattle. And so I will figure out, you know, how to find the best fare on Delta mm-hmm. because I want the miles. Right. That's and, right. And so the miles give me. You know, like, so now, uh, this year I'm, I'm a platinum member. Right. Yep. Which is 75,000 a year.
0: Yeah. So that, and that's true. I mean, so what, you know, what, what I do is, you know, accruing all these miles and points. And then of course I end up with all these different ones, which actually works fine. Right. It gives me flexibility. But when you are able to travel for work, then you can do that thing where you concentrate in one, you know, company or whatever, and you get all these great perks and status and you get upgrades and you, you know, get lots of miles and it's just, it you know, makes a lot of sense. It um, makes, the, it's makes, makes the most, the most sense. sense. And, and yeah. a lot of
1: times people don't keep their miles.
0: Right. It is, it's like, uh, you know, I, they I, don't expire at Delta too. They don't
1: expire. At Which Delta. is great. That is true. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, that is, that's my biggest tip is if you're traveling, especially if you're traveling across country or internationally, like bank those miles. Right. They add up. They do add up. And you can use them for hotels or cars. Right. Like even if you don't have enough for a flight, if you have 20,000 miles, you know, you might get a couple of nights hotel someplace. Exactly. So, so
0: if you're traveling for work, that's definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before we wrap up, I want to make sure I ask a couple more things. One mm-hmm. is um we were talking before we actually started recording about um traveling as a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I'm... I've done a fair amount of that and I have my own experiences, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on traveling as a woman of color. If you feel that there might be something different about that than what you've heard from other people who may not, you know, who might not be women of color.
1: Well, I do sort of, well, I'm a woman of color and I'm a six foot tall woman of color. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very tall. And so I sort of stick out in a crowd. Um, and so people notice me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) More often. And you know, it just kind of depends on where you go. Um, I, uh, I will say that, you know, domestically, for instance, when I travel to the South, you know, as a single woman of color, um, I get a lot of attention there, Mm -hmm. a lot of attention that I don't get in Seattle. And so that's always interesting to suddenly be someplace where, you know, men are checking you out and you're like, oh, that's right. (laughs) That's what that feels like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All Mm -hmm. right. Um, But, uh, you know, we were just talking about, you know, miles and status and so forth. And so one of the things about acquiring status on an airline is that you get uh, upgrades, you get right. complimentary upgrades, Right. or you have the miles to upgrade. Or with Delta, some of their flights are priced in a way so that um, first class is affordable. Yep. And um, I will be, you know, standing in line in the first class line, and I cannot tell you how many times someone has... Try to get in front of me to say, "Oh, excuse me, I'm you know I'm waiting for first class, so you need Uh-oh. to you know back off." Mm-hmm. And and I will have no problem saying, showing them my boarding pass to say, "Oh yes, I'm in first class too." Right. Yes, I earned it mm-hmm. or I paid for it. Yep. Doesn't matter. Um, I deserve to be here, and I it's just more often than than I care to even yeah you know think about. But I'm you know, and then I get attitude, and then mm-hmm. I'm like. Uh, now you've put me in a mood right. when right. I'm trying to get on an airplane. Yep. But, um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot, you know, I, oftentimes I'll, you know, if I do get upgraded, I'll, I'll look around the cap, you know, the first class mm-hmm. cabin, and I'm like, I am the only black person
0: here. Yep. I've had that happen too. Only one.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and it
0: yeah and I, I often just sit there and go yep that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah. i'm glad to be here representing <laughs> exactly and Bring get it. over it if you think it's weird if because think it's, i don't care i know yeah. well and then of course i would imagine well okay i don't know about you but for me i often encourage um you know other people of color if they haven't Not everybody can travel if they get an opportunity to travel. I know for me, it's been really helpful to get out of this country sometimes because, you know, I can have like you're talking about the experience. That is, I feel like, an experience in our country. Like, you board the plane, and people here, you know, mm-hmm. are not of color in first class. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then I'll go somewhere else. Like, I, I go to Brazil a fair amount. And there's this messed up up down there, too, around racism and stuff. However, just the experience of being outside of my country and being where there's a lot of people who look like me and different attitudes towards me and, and just, like, stepping outside of the tension and drama of our history here. It's not always perfect in you know other places. No, but it's different. But it's different, and I like getting another perspective to inform my experience at home, another lens, right, to understand our country better, and to also understand that it's not always the same everywhere and. To experience sometimes a very welcoming, you know, mm-hmm. attitude, despite how mm-hmm. I look, uh, mm-hmm. and go, oh, oh, I see, that's a U.S. thing or whatever, right, you know, to right. Get that I don't know what you have to say about that. Well, even
1: even from a nationality uh, standpoint, in this past you know year and a half or so with the election, I remember being in England. Um, we were in Cornwall, and uh, people kept saying uh, they wanted me to assure them of who would win the election, and I tried, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Was incorrect, but then they had Brexit happen. So it's right. it's one of those things where you know when you're when you're traveling, um, you realize that no place is perfect, you know, right. and and every country has yep. its own sort of um, or own history or current political issues that are you know troubling. You go to Germany and they've got issues, and yeah. um, it's it's just everywhere. And but I, I like what you just said about you know traveling and, you know, getting, getting out of your space. And then suddenly it gives you different perspective on who you are, Mm -hmm. whether it be as a woman or as an African-American or as an American, you know, it just, it's, it's just so important. And that, that that's also true for going to different parts of our country.
0: Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Good reminder about that. Um, Okay. Well, We could go on and on, but in the interest of time, (laughs) I'm going to wrap things up. But I really want to thank you for being here with me. This has been absolutely fascinating. I'm going to include the links to both the the nonprofit and, you know, Museum Without Walls and Sterling Silver Tours on my uh, podcast blog. And I'm just really glad to have had you here today. Well, it was
1: a joy being here, and, you know, um, there's nothing more exciting than talking about something that I love. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Well, it's been great. I've learned a lot. So, and very inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. If you're interested in hearing other stories from women who have found creative ways to travel more for less, then I invite you to explore other Globetrotter Lounge podcast episodes at theglobetrotterlounge.com. And if you want a breakdown of the way that I've personally saved over $90,000 in travel costs, be sure to download a copy of the Globetrotter Roadmap to Free Travel. You can get it for free from RoadmapToFreeTravel.com. And if you're ready to dive even deeper into the world of travel hacking through credit card sign-up bonuses, you'll want to check out my online course, Jet Set 101, Becoming a Travel Hacker. It will teach you exactly how to start turning regular household spending into hundreds of thousands of airline miles and hotel points without damaging your credit score or going into debt. You can get more info at jetset101course.com. And if you just want to learn more about me, read my blog posts and get travel tips, subscribe to my email list, then go ahead and visit JetsetLazette.com. That's jetset, L-I-S-E-T-T-E dot com.